welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast and YouTube channel. We are going to be reviewing two insane summer festivals this week. Floyd was at Outbreak Fest. I was at Hellfest and it was bloody good. So Floyd, how was, uh, how was Outbreak? Also, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. It's been a really hectic, crazy few weeks, but I think it's safe to say we both had an amazing time watching some amazing bands. Um, before I managed to get to Outbreak, I actually went to a gig and watched Jesus Peace. Nice. At the New Cross Inn and got elbowed in the fucking nose. What? <laughs> did I tell you guys about this? No. Did I not? No. I, I could have swore I did. But did basically. In the nose? Now, I have never been to like a hardcore show, like a proper one before. Like I've seen like Vision of Disorder before, but like I used to listen to hardcore, but when I was still quite young when I first got into it, so I was never really mustered up the courage to go to shows. So I was thinking like, and it was the same deal with quite a few of us. And I was just like, we're a bit like on edge because we were thinking like, oh, I wouldn't like, how crazy is it actually going to be? Because it's, and this show was wild. And basically it was the, um, the first set with this band called Nothing But Enemies. And the singer of that band was basically slamming down in the second band set. And he was just flailing about like a, a wild man. <laughs> and I took my eye off the ball for one second and he fucking came flailing into me like elbow first directly into my nose. And I was so lucky I didn't break my nose. I don't know how it survived. Probably because it's already I fucked up my nose so much to the point where I think Damn. It, it was uh, managed to fucking... <laughs> somehow stay on <laughs> should be an mma fighter if you could survive that yeah <laughs> so after that point i just kind of hang back a bit and uh but yeah i went to watch jesus peace and then uh watched the ghost inside later on which is another good gig at the Br gig 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 at the brixton academy and then um i was doing all this because um i'm still waiting for my passport unfortunately which is why i couldn't come <laughs> with you guys to hellfest yeah and i'm sure i'll get it one day You'll, next year you'll be able to come if I it think, arrives. I think I'll get it. I'll, I'll get it just in time for Hellfest 2023. I think. Hopefully, I said this right. <laughs> but it's um, so. I was thinking to myself, "Fuck it, I'm going to do everything I can to make up for the fact that I'm missing all these amazing sets at Hellfest." So most of my friends were going outbreak. So basically, I saved money on travel and accommodation because there was rooms and uh, a car up there going. So I was thinking, "Fuck it." Still tickets online, so I booked tickets, and uh, it, it was actually fucking great. Um, once again, I, I think because I went to the Jesus Peace show, I didn't have as much trepidation going into the festival as I would have done, because I kind of had a little taster of what like a hardcore show would be like. Um, but when you walked when you walked there on the first walked to the the uh, stage in the arena for the first time, um, there was uh, somebody going down the crowds saying like, "Oh, by the way, you just got to sign this waiver." <laughs> And I was like, okay, what's well, this? Because so, it turns out that what they do is they, they divide the, um, the stages into two compartments. You've got, like, the outer bit, which is, where, which is what's deemed safe, and there's no, like, kind of motion or any, like, hyperactivity allowed. And then you've got, like, the inner circle, which I think was called the gold circle, which was where, like, you know, where, like, a lot of, like, the slamming and the hardcore dancing and stage diving and stuff was going on. But you had to sign a waiver to get access to that section, basically saying that if you were, uh, you know, if you suffered any injuries, then, you know, that you, it's, you it's, it's your responsibility and, you know. And it's, and it's not the responsibility of the venues. So I was thinking, okay. Um, so, I mean, we signed it. So I was thinking, well, I want to, like, get a good, 
position to watch the bands, but like, but be a safe enough distance away to not really be part of the action. Because I'm just, I'm just too old for that shit. I just don't, and I'm just worried about getting injured because I train at the gym. I'm thinking like I don't want to tweak my back or just a bit of a prima donna in that regard. <laughs> when's that's been a prima donna? I don't it's think that's being a, a prima donna. Not wanting to be like brutally injured. <laughs> not wanting to be elbowed in the face. Uh, oh, you yeah. absolute prima donna. But. Um, <laughs> But it was it was it was a fantastic weekend, and you know what? It was as much as I personally felt like the uh, a lot of the shenanigans in the pit were like were like excessive and and wild. I don't want to take away from the fact that I think the energy of a hardcore show is unlike anything I've ever experienced at any show. Like people are so fucking devoted to that subgenre. And like it's even though I've been familiar with hardcore music a long time to actually be at a festival kind of tailored towards that. I mean, it wasn't just hardcore. There was like the the Saturday night lineup was I think because Turnstile were headlining. They had like some bands that were a bit more like post hardcore, kind of like emo. Um, and Death Heaven um, headlined the the Sunday, which was strange. They put in a good set, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I think because um, I listened to the music for a while and but I didn't realize just how like fervent and dedicated like the fan base was, but it was, it was such a good atmosphere and it was, it was a good vibe overall. And it was just some of the craziest shit I've ever seen at the festival. Like just or, or any gig for that matter, just like people somersaulting off the stage, just cartwheeling everywhere, stage invasions, just, it was just, it was literally like being inside a hate five, six, like, <laughs> music video was wild and the first night was pretty good um the first band on with this hardcore band called guilt trip that i really dug um and it was great as well because i went into this festival not knowing like too much about a lot of the bands uh, there's a few bands i was really excited to see that I was familiar with like zabalba and terror and um, and death heaven even but it was uh, for the most part i was unfamiliar with about 80 85 percent of the lineup and you know it's funny because i remember when i first started going to gigs i used to be a bit of a savant in the way that i wanted to really know everything about like the set list and who was playing just to make sure that you know that, that it came across as like a big fan you know? but like now i like really enjoy going to gigs and just going in blind and just you know watching the band for the first time even though i don't, even if i don't know much about them and seeing kind of how i enjoy the experience and yeah, so Thursday night was really cool. You had Guilt Trip, who I really enjoyed. Uh, the, the headliner were a band called Counterparts, who I only knew by name. Apparently, they're heavily inspired by uh, Misery Signals. Okay. Who I think me and Sham have talked about Misery Signals before. They're kind of like a kind of like a second wavey kind of like metalcore bands, but like they've got like some really cool like dreamy like kind of like almost like post hardcore and post metal even like guitar and instrumental segments. So really enjoyed them. That was a great set. Uh, the Friday was absolutely wild. So let me just get the the uh, lineup up for the Friday. Yeah, it was just. I did see quite a few people get knocked out, but I would have to say one thing about the festival is that they handled that shit so professionally. As soon as there was any instance of someone being injured, they made sure that the sets were stopped, like that person was given space, they were yeah. cleared out. And, and I just feel like it comes with part of the territory yeah. these days. And to be honest, it probably happens like a, a lot of mainstream gigs as well. Because I mean, like, you know, I mean, look at the shit. I mean, especially ever since that shit that happened with Travis Scott, right? I mm. mean, you just can't be too careful. Um, and especially if you're dealing with like large crowds, then I think you've just got to make sure that every precaution is in place. And I feel like Outbreak Festival definitely had uh, everybody's safety like paramount. 
And, you know, at first everyone was a bit like taken aback by the waivers, but, you know, I think it just kind of makes sense in a way because I feel like, you know, realistically, um, if you know you're putting on a hardcore festival and people are going to go ham, then, well, not literally go ham because <laughs> it was mainly vegan food stalls there. <laughs> but I think knowing that people were going to go a bit buck wild, I think um, the, the very least you can do is provide like a waiver, which might have discouraged some people from getting involved because I think, you know, it would have been maybe worse if there wasn't like a waiver or a disclosure thing to sign because you could have had someone who wouldn't have been aware what the show was going to be like who went into like near the front that, yeah. that wouldn't have been prepared at all so i think it gave everybody an indication that you know like there's no barriers and you know the stage is open so it's going to be it's going to be hectic so so i think it was a good move on the uh, the organizers behalf but Friday was great. Um, Saw Zabalba, which I think you guys watched at Hellfest as yeah, well, right? And so they put good. on a fucking amazing set. Uh, Incendiary, who, who were fucking amazing. I only know them from, they have, um, they did a track for a wrestler called uh, Malachi Black. Well, Malachi Black is his AEW name. He was known as Alistair Black um, in WWE and Tommy End in the indies. But he's like a massive, massive metalhead. And do you know what? He would be a super cool person to have on as, as a guest if it was ever, ever possible. Hell because yeah. he's like legit. Like his theme song in AEW at the moment is the Amin Ra track from the latest album. Oh, yeah. I can't remember which one. Dorn. I think it is actually that track. Sick. Like the title track. Um, and... Um, it's just yeah but their set was just fucking amazing like there's just something really cool about like watching and listening to like beat down fucking stompy groovy riffs really loud just surrounded by loads of people absolutely losing their shit <laughs> so they were fantastic uh special guests uh well were malevolence who i didn't really know malevolence too well i think they're headlining bloodstock this year so uh then i watched terror who i was really excited about because they were like more like an old school kind of like hardcore band. And then I remember listening to Terror a lot when I was younger. So, and they had so many, they had like stage invasions for every single song and it was just fucking wild. And then Knocked Loose headlines. And are you, either of you guys familiar with Knocked Loose? I'm familiar with them. Yeah, so like, I remember trying to listen to him a few times, but his vocal style kind of like, uh, to me, he's got a very yappy vocal style. <laughs> yeah. But like, it fucking, like, when you see it live, like, it, it, it really does fucking work. And it was just one of the most raucous shows ever. Like, it's just, um, that was like one of the, that was the first time I saw someone get knocked out and they had to drag a girl out of the pit and put her in the wheelchair and she was head banging as she was getting wheeled oh off. God. Like, these people just fucking just go hard. And, um, but that set was amazing and like they have got so many good fucking riffs in their songs like i was really i've definitely left the festival thinking i definitely need to give not loose more time because i've definitely made like a snap judgment on them like just being instantly turned off by the vocals um which is strange because i listen to death metal which is predominantly full of shit vocals i but... mean cattle decap has strange not bad vocals Ooh. not bad vocals <laughs> but they, they, they definitely have marmite vocals yeah, i'll yeah, say you, that you're 100 right i think as soon as uh, travis ryan started in Operating those weird like shrill goblin vocals i think uh, that was definitely a real marmite moment for uh, the fan base i love them personally but i can understand why some people really think that they sound ridiculous they are ridiculous I they mean, are ridiculous. I, I do like the music but i just want to cut where you don't have the goblin vocals yeah and i'd like that a lot more that's fair enough yeah so that was the Friday. Then they had the Saturday, which was... Yeah, so uh, to be honest, I didn't really watch much on the Saturday because I was unfamiliar with literally 95% of the lineup. That was like kind of like the post-hardcore emo day. Oh, right. It was like even like some kind of like pop-punky sort of bands. Because I think 
they they done a good job because they were kind of tailoring that day to people that would have been more fans of Turnstile's melodic take on hardcore. Even though, like you know, I will say like that Turnstile set was one of the best sets that I've ever seen. Like it was wild. Like everyone knew the lyrics to every song, and it was just like people were absolutely losing just their shit. And it was um, and it was great. It was better than their set. I saw them in the Roundhouse a few months earlier just because I felt like it was just a bit more intimate. Mm. and the, the roundhouse is a great venue and i think the sound's always quite good at the roundhouse but i think that you know it's 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 quite a professional like venue in the sense that you know you've got like the barrier and stuff so there's always like that kind of like distance and you know i kind of like the more kind of like intimate club shows like places like the underworld and stuff so but it was um and i think turnstile much more suited something a bit more kind of like grassroots and intimate like that and it was just and it's probably going to be the last time you ever see them at a venue like that to be honest because their upward trajectory at the moment is absolutely insane like they played glastonbury the day after um outbreak Damn. and i think you know they've, they've got they're that skilled and good at what they do that i think that they're one of the few bands to have that crossover appeal to really bleed into the mainstream, um, yeah. which is crazy for like a, for a hardcore band essentially to do it. But you know, like with the album Glow On, I feel like they've really managed to meld so many different components of commercial and heavy music to a point that hasn't really been seen before since. And this is a weird thing to say, but since Linkin Park, I would say, because I feel like Linkin Park were one of the other bands that managed to take elements of both worlds and present it in a really kind of like commercial package. So that was a Saturday, and then we had the Sunday, which was... Oh, just before we move on to the Sunday, I did watch a band called Basement on Saturday. You've ever heard of Basement? Yeah, see, I thought you would like Basement, Sham, but, like, I only knew one song of theirs, but it was um, fucking... It was, it was really good because it was, like... Like I said, I feel like sometimes gigs are completely elevated by the crowd, and I think that's what really made Outbreak quite special for me was because... I was kind of from the perspective of the outside looking in a lot of the time, but seeing people so into the music, knowing all the words and being so into it really made the sets feel that much more special. Like, you know, I could have, I could have seen like a band I've wanted to see for years, like say like Demolik, for example, who I knew you guys managed to get to see at Hellfest. Like if they played the show and everyone was standing around doing nothing, like I, I, I would not have enjoyed it Yeah. as much as I enjoyed the sets from some of these bands. I basically knew zero of their material. But Basement was super cool, man, and I've been listening to them. It's kind of like, I don't know how you would describe it. They're kind of like, they're poppy, but like in a kind of like cool, similar to like Title Fight and and Turnstile in a way. So it made sense where they were subbing underneath them. But it was just a great set. Uh, and then Sunday, last day, um, had some really cool bands. You had the band uh, Show Me The Body. Have you ever heard of them before? No. I think I was telling you about this because um, it was actually crazy what happened during this set. So uh, this band is, um, so there's like a drummer, a bassist, and instead of a lead guitarist, they've got a banjo player. Oh yeah, I remember but, you saying, saying and, this, yeah. But it was surprisingly fucking intense. <laughs> and unfortunately, somebody stage dive and like hit head and hit like the ground head first and they had to have some serious medical attention. So that unfortunately caught, like, uh, cut their set short a little bit, but uh, it was still a really good set, I think. You know, I think that kind of took the wind out of people's sails a little bit because it was, 
Um, but just once again, just goes to show, like, I suppose that's why it's important to have a waiver. Cause I think people need to be aware that, you know, that people are going to be, you know, like flailing around here. So you need to know, like, you know, if you want to be 100% safe, you know where to stand. Mm. And if you want to be involved in the action, you can be involved in the action, but you know, it's at your own peril basically. Yeah. But so they were super good and, uh, watched Loathe, who I was really impressed by. thought they was, they were really good. Um, They've kind of like got this weird... Have you ever listened to them much? Not much. I don't really remember how they sound. Well, they're an interesting band because they've kind of got like this weird hybrid, kind of like Deftones-y, kind of like dreamy sound mixed with like metalcore and like even like classic um, kind of like metalcore as well, similar to like Zao, like really like angular guitar riffs and stuff. So it's like, it's actually a really good blend and live I actually think it translated really, really well. Like it was, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty damn good set. And then watched uh, Vane.fm, the rebranded Vane. And that was fucking unreal. Like, that was wild. Like, that was, I think, tied with Incendiary for probably the most insane, like, energetic set of the of the weekend. Um, and then finished off with Deaf Heaven, who were actually really good. Um, I actually really, I, I, I love Sunbather when it came out. Um, I definitely wasn't on the hate brigade like a lot of the, uh, the black metal elitists and gatekeepers. <laughs> back in the days and uh, i really like new bermuda as well the album they released after sunbather not too familiar with the albums after that but like yeah it was a great set and uh, overall it was a great time i think they're already looking to relocate to a new venue next year because it was held at the uh, uh bowlers exhibition center which is where uh, damnation is going to be held uh, this year so it was quite cool that was another reason why i was quite excited to go there because i wanted to see kind of like get the lay of the land for for if and when i go to damnation still on the fence about not because of the lineup because of fiscal reasons yeah. like, i can fucking afford it um but it's really easy to get to like it's it's really it's like a tram journey away from the city center um but yeah i think they're already looking to relocate because it was packed like it was proper ram and the food stalls were completely overwhelmed on the first day because i think they just weren't expecting that many people to well i mean they must have known how many people were going to be there but that many people to be you know like interested in buying the food from the stalls <laughs> it was like a 50 minute queue just to just to get food and so much so that they actually and an absolute credit to the festival for doing this because there was a policy where you couldn't bring in your own drinks or food to the festival grounds which mm. makes sense normally but because of how inundated the stalls were they said you can bring your own your own snacks in if you wanted that's good which i took full advantage of um, <laughs> i did feel a bit bad eating... bags of jerky yeah no they're literally yeah. eating bags of jerky <laughs> and all <laughs> vegan <laughs> i was like shit i was like better go near any pits i'll be taken out i was like the forbidden tofu <laughs> but it was um it was do you know what i was a bit like a fish out of water in it but it was a great weekend and you know don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely gutted I missed Hellfest, but I was glad that at least I had something else on the back burner to do while you guys were having an amazing time there. And I also watched Gate Creeper last week. We were fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I, get, I missed yeah, them. They were really fucking good. Yeah, the merch is really good too. Yeah, um, I was tempted to buy it, but I'm in that position now where I'm just like, if I buy more merch, it means I need to get rid of merch because I just yeah. don't have any more fucking cupboard space for any more shirts. So I feel you. So I think if I see a shirt that really tickles my fancy, I'll buy it. But otherwise, I'm being super frugal and selective when it comes to merch. But basically, that's what I've been up to the last few weeks. And I'm super excited to hear how Hellfest was. I'm glad to hear it. What was your uh, main highlight? 
Ooh, I mean, do you know what? This is a really, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but do you know what I mean? Just the whole experience was great. It was just good to spend time with friends and just, like, enjoy the sets together. And, like, we kind of, like, commandeered the spot outside the venue there was like a slope which was like i'm guessing the accessibility ramp and um there was like a perfect like little ledge you could sit on okay so basically that's my main thing is just like between sets where can i fucking sit because my legs are always tired. you're blocking the disability ramp. No. <laughs> so the little the little ledge was actually just to the side of the ramp okay so, right, that's so, okay that's so okay. people needing the accessibility ramp could still get in but that's it was good. um but we kind of were just hanging around there like some sort of like street gang <laughs> but it was in terms of like the sets the highlight i would say like the turnstile set was pretty special because i i think when watching that set i think it was the first time in a very long time where i kind of thought to myself like it was a, it was a bit of a history making set just because i think the band is on such an upward trajectory i think it's going to be very rare that you're going to see a band play see that band play a stage of that capacity i think they're going to move on to quite big things but also saying that knowing them because of their roots i could always imagine them still playing a few like smaller shows but probably f back in um, maryland where they're from because i think they're from um they're from um baltimore home of the wire <laughs> But it was uh, that was definitely a highlight, um, and incendiary as well. I thought they were just absolutely amazing. Like just the the energy that they brought to the stage was fantastic, and um, and I'm definitely I'm probably going to go next year if it doesn't clash with Hellfest, because with a little bit of luck. Like, because Hellfest was originally meant to be the first weekend, right? Was that the original date? They've already announced the next. Oh, have they? Yeah, I think it's like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Cool. I think that's it. I'll have a look at the dates and then see see what happens because then but then if it's if it doesn't clash with Hellfest, I'll definitely be going again. So but yeah, so that was probably the highlights. So turnstile set and just to be honest, just the overall vibe. I just thought it was just really fucking cool to in my uh somewhat advanced years. Depends mm -hmm. on your perspective. Like I've been to a lot of gigs, but it was cool to experience something different at this stage of my life because I felt like I'm a bit jaded when it comes to a lot of metal gigs because I feel like I've seen most of the bands I would want to see. So it takes a lot for me to leave an experience feeling like I've experienced something new and really fresh. But that was definitely the case with this festival because I was like, because the, the, it was something completely new to me and it was... Um, and it kind of left me craving a bit more and also has me excited about other festivals happening this year. Like I'll be going Bloodstock as always. As always. Um, and hopefully Damnation, but we'll see. We'll it's see. just, like I said, things are so fucking expensive yeah. at the moment. Like I really need to be really frugal and I'm meant to be going away on holiday as well. So if my passport ever comes, so, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Well, fingers crossed your passport does come. Um, and also inflation decides to not exist. I can't see that happening. Me too. Me too. Well, should we move on to Hellfest? Let's do it. Let's do it. So Hellfest, I don't really know where to start with Hellfest. Um, so for those who, who don't know, and I'm assuming if you've been listening to us before you do, because we, we've gone on about it a bit. Um, Hellfest was seven days of music this year. So it was two weekends. Um, first weekend, Friday to Sunday. Second weekend, Thursday to Sunday. With like a three-day break to sort of recover. Um, and you did need to recover. It was like definitely a beefy festival because I've done two week festivals before, um, but they're like, that festival is a lot more chill <laughs> compared to to uh, a Hellfest. But the 
it was it was it's pretty amazing it's like definitely the best organized festival i've been to i've been to quite a lot of festivals um this was my eighth Hellfest. oh wow so it was nice to go back um because the last obviously has been the pandemic and then the last two i think 2018 and 2019 i missed it because i was at another festival which was a two-week festival um so it's good to go back because i i don't like how short Hellfest can be because it's such a great festival that goes by really quickly normally, whereas this one was like the perfect amount of time. Yeah. So I do hope they do this again, maybe like every five years or something. Um, however, the first two days, it was over 40 degrees. That just, it was insane. It was crazy. Like they, they had to, so they actually also waived um, their arena entry requirements. They said you could bring food. Well, they could, you could bring drinks like water bottles and so you had to, right? Yeah, yeah it was them. apparently like hundreds of people fainted. We were talking Jeez. to some like um, paramedics and they were just saying that like people were just dropping like flies apparently. And then the um, the metal market, it was apparently recorded. It was 50 degrees <laughs> in the metal market. 50 degrees. Can you imagine? It was Shit. a furnace. It was a genuine furnace. They did really try. Um, like they, they even sent you like notifications on your app to be like, drink water, be careful. But obviously it's a metal festival. People were drinking themselves silly. There were like guys who didn't believe in sun lotion. <laughs> you could you could make them out pretty quickly <laughs> when you were walking around afterwards. There's some real like lobster, lobster shit going on. <laughs> it was great. Um, but they, they, they kind of, they did anticipate it. They had these like um, huge sort of, massive arches that um sprayed water there was like a waterfall arch and like it had patterns in the water like the hellfest logo and like words and stuff and you could just go stand under it and have a shower yeah um, and that was right in the main arena and then if you went near the war zone which is kind of like the punk area they had this huge metal cage that had like water mist and they were, it was just full of big guys just like sleeping the whole festival every time we walked <laughs> past it was just like a huge sort of like herd of men just sort of slumped on these benches like just luxuriating in this like cool watery mist uh, it was great it was actually quite it was a good way to like escape from the the beating sunlight i would have just camped out there and like brought a periscope and just <laughs> watched all the bands <laughs> i knew that would be like the area that you would gravitate to because like i feel like you'd want one of those wherever you are yeah it's like a a cool water misting area it was great it looked really cool as well um and they kind of upgraded the lemmy shrine so this year they actually got some of lemmy's ashes um and they incorporated it into this huge insane looking shrine of lemmy because before they had a resin one and it was weathered because they've had it for such a long time it was like being broken down by the yeah. elements because it was just there all year round because parts of the festival are permanent um so they've like tarmacked the areas for the <coughs> the altar and the temple which is like the death metal stages and they've got like permanent tarmac as well now in front of the main stages and like little roads and stuff that you can they'd like drive around in the festival and they erect all these permanent metal structures and sculptures as well so that like it's um partly funded by the french government so they have artists they work with who like create these amazing sculptures that at night shoot flames and fire and they have like fire so displays and like every every few minutes they'll just like pump extra like fire spurts out it's like super super mad max it's really cool and they have like a huge fire pit area with loads of like fire structures you can go and just like warm yourself around which is near like a little forest where you can yeah. go and get some um some shade it's called the kingdom of muscadet which is a kind of wine they make in the area because they have wine vine vine yards where they make wine 
And you can get Hellfest wine and Hellfest jam and things like that. Too. Do you try any Hellfest wine? I don't because um, from my many years of experience there, people wee a lot in the wine yard. Ah. They wee a lot and they do other things in there too. So I don't really, really want to to, to eat of those grapes. Yeah. And I don't. I don't really drink That's wine fair. anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm good. I would. It's it's a cool. It's cool that it exists. It it exists, but I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want to consume it. Um, yeah, but in terms of bands, so this year they had a thing. I don't know if they've done it in the previous years yet, but you can't actually drive or park near the festival now because it's in a tiny, tiny town called Clisson, um, which is really small. I don't know the population, but it's it's tiny. Um, so what you do now is you have to park on the edge of the town and get a shuttle bus into the festival. Um, and if you park in the town, they will tow your car. And we saw people's cars being no. towed. So there were people who had parked at the festival, gone and camped, and they'd come back on a Sunday and have no car. Shit. Or they'd like finish their day at like three in the morning and just have no way to get home. So I have no idea what those people did. But they did. there were lots of warnings to be like, yeah. don't do this. Um, and they literally had like the army about as well to like direct traffic and things um it was a bit of a wait to use the shuttles and the food as well it was like an hour wait for food but in fact in vip they had like a little food area where you could get like a shepherd's pie or like a pitiful salad um which was okay i guess but i think next year they do need to like have a bit more food selection um the salad was pretty funny because the first time i bought it they had like this really cute pot of fresh herbs like basil and oregano and stuff. And she just like, <laughs> the lady like just took a single leaf of basil from the pot and put it into my salad. <laughs> and it was like, here you go. Here's your salad with green stuff. And I was like, thanks so much. <laughs> Messy a ration in the basil. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like the smallest. I, I don't know. There's something about it was very comedic. Maybe you just had to be there. Um, but yeah. So we missed like the first two free bands because we spent most of the time walking from the car park to the festival because there were so many people on that first Friday, like unloading, getting their camping gear out and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we were going to see Greenleaf, ASG and Elder and Witchcraft, but we didn't see any of those bands. Instead, the first band we saw on the Friday was Opeth, um, who were really good. How were they? Good set list? I don't remember. No, oh, fair enough. Um, but I think it was good. I remember losing my shit multiple times. Did they play your favourite yeah, they did. They yeah. played Sorceress. Nice. Yeah, I, I lost my mind. Yeah. That was that was good. Um, yeah, I, I've openly embraced fist pumping now <laughs> at festivals. I don't know why. It's better than metal horns, so I think. It's that, better than the metal horns. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely more of a fister. Than I'm, a, I'm not. Than a, than I'm a, not the, the. I'm not a horn thrower. I'm no. more of a. I'm more of a yes mate. Yeah. Like I did actually scream yes mate multiple times <laughs> during during sets. I'll let you know which ones they were because yeah. um, I was really enjoying myself. But yeah, that Friday it was so hot um, that and I wore the wrong clothes. I thought I was wearing I wore clothes for like 25 degrees, not 40 degrees. Yeah. Um, so I was it was disgusting. I looked like a monster from Star Trek and you could get these like cans of misted air that you could just kind of spray yourself with misted air and it would like evaporate off your skin and cool you for about 10 to 15 seconds. So yeah. that was really useful. Um, and we had to, I interviewed Baroness in that heat and they, bless them, watched me melt like a chocolate bar in front of <laughs> them while we were doing the interview. <laughs> so at some point, viewers and listeners, you will, you will view and listen to that as well. And then um, one of my highlights which unfortunately clashed with another potential highlight, Death to All clashed with Electric Wizard, so I went to see Electric Wizard. It's fair. Um, I love Death to All, but I've seen them live before, and Electric Wizard are one of my favorite bands. 
Um, so I was front row center. That's a good spot. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. A good spot. And they played a really good set list. And they were, they, sometimes a wizard, you don't know if you're going to get a good wizard or like a bit of a messy wizard, but it was good wizard. Yeah. And they have been like, I've been quite lucky with them. I think I've seen them seven or eight times now. Yeah. Um, but every single time, every single time I've seen them, either they've broken a string, um, they didn't break a string this time. However, <laughs> Justin doesn't turn off his guitar when he tunes between songs which I find really funny because he's using a tuner. But what you can do when you're a guitarist is you can you can like use the tuner to turn off the sound output on stage to tune your guitar. So no one hears you go, bum, 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 <laughs> which is what he just does. Yeah. He's just standing there, just tuning his guitar. And we're all just like watching, I, I don't know. I just find it really funny. That's just something kind of admirable that, about yeah. that kind of no fucks given kind exactly. of approach. Exactly, exactly. No. I fucking love that. I mean, I can, I can just tell that he just has no concern in the world for that. And yeah. I respect that deeply about Electric Wizard. Um, yeah, they were fantastic. I was like super hyped after I saw them. Baroness and Wizard in one day is, and, and Opeth, like some of my favorite bands. Baroness were fucking amazing as well. Yeah. They were one of the one of the best shows they played. What you were saying about crowd energy totally was the case during Baroness. Um, they are so positive when they play. They're like exactly how they are off stage as they are on stage. They don't have like personas. They're just really nice people. Um, and when they were playing, the last song they played... Oh my god, which song was it? They they played like they played all my favorite songs. They played Shock Me, Take My Bones Away. Um and I think I think it might have been Shock Me, but during the last song they played like this riff and and um and the, like they were like if you guys know you guys will know how this goes. It's like a football chant. Sing the riff when it comes in. So everyone starts singing the riff. Ah, I love when that happens. It was great. And it was no. like a packed tent. It was a beautiful day. Everyone's singing this riff. And then like they finish the song and they leave, but people kept singing the riff oh. and they kept singing it for like two minutes Yeah, and they wouldn't stop. And there was just something like really beautiful about that moment. Everyone was just like so happy. Everyone was so like, cause they are such a positive hype, upbeat band. And they're like, just so happy to be there and to be performing. And they were saying like, they love Hellfest. They've played it a few times and how they love the community feeling of it, which is true. It is like, it's a big festival with a community feel, which is quite rare, even in a small festival these days. And like, yeah, they, they acknowledge that. And everyone just was like, they came back out. And I think I had tears in my eyes, maybe um, when this happened, but yeah, they came back out and like thanked everyone. And everyone was just like, Singing the riff and being really happy. It was a very wholesome moment. I love shit like that. It's Blind Guardian concerts are exactly the same. Yes, uh, I saw them play Hellfest too. It was like that. <gasps> no way. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that was that was wonderful. Um, I was really, really happy. Unfortunately, I missed High on Fire um, as well. So I missed quite a few good bands, but I saw some fucking sick bands. So the Friday was a success. The Saturday, it was 41 degrees. So it was one degree warmer. Um, so we went in to do an interview with the band Duel, and then we went home because yeah. <laughs> we were just too hot. Fair enough. It was I mean, too I mean, much. That's insane heat. I mean, like you guys yeah. were troopers for even doing both weekends as it stands because, like, I would fucking really struggle under that heat. It, honestly, like when we were there, we were like, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's fate that your passport didn't turn up because I do not know how you would have dealt with that heat. Well, well, the thing is, the interesting thing we discovered recently was we were in Turkey at the, the same, same time, time, yeah, which was like a record like uh, heat wave for Turkey, right? Like yeah. it was over fifty degrees. Yeah, it was crazy in Turkey. It was mad hot. It was about ninety eight, right? Ninety eight, ninety nine. I don't know, but I just remember everyone having boils on their bodies. Yeah, yeah, everyone was... broke out in fucking boils. 
but and I feel like ever since then I'm kind of like a bit prepared but to be honest I mean I say that like I think 41 <laughs> is pushing it <laughs> I, I was seven years old so I think my seven-year-old child body was like whatever man like yeah. kids can go through so much shit and they're, yeah. they're usually fine not not okay that sounds weird but you know what I mean they're, yeah. <laughs> they're resilient whereas yeah. like now I'm I'm like 30 which isn't old or anything but damn I felt that heat it was like relentless and we we did go into the metal market i think that day and we met this guy who um like because there's some really sick merch i sent you some pictures yeah um, yeah so sick merch and there was this like t-shirt guy who had like obvious t-shirt bootlegs but some of them were really good so i bought um a really nice white bolt thrower shirt from him yeah i am like a bolt for a bootleg collector but i also have like 10 legit bolt thrower shirts so please forgive me yeah. um that pink the pink jumper is pretty pretty goated <laughs> I, I wore that about and people were really confused by it it was funny um yeah anyway like we went to see this guy he had these like six shirts there was a bolt for a shirt and there was this like really nice like mustard yellow hellhammer shirt so i was like i, I did buy it yeah and i nice. got like a good deal but this guy was i was like so you know like where'd you get the shirt and he was like well tom g warrior asked me to smuggle merch into the eastern block for him in like the 80s or something so this guy this like pretty crazy guy um because he had like a table that was just covered in shots yeah. covered in like five different kinds of alcohol and like cigarettes and sweets and crisp packets he was just sitting in this like 50 degree heat just like blazed completely Fuck. drunk um telling us stories about like smuggling much um for kelly frost and hellhammer and, and shit but he had the hellhammer shirt it was he said it was legit he um asked for tom g warrior's permission to print a thousand so i got like this limited edition hellhammer shirt for like 25 euros so was this one of the ones he smuggled into the eastern block or i don't no, think so no, no. no this is this was like a fresh thing he, he did it for like um a festival last year i think yeah it was the, i think it was the one where it was um it was like all of the tom g warrior bands it was like, it was like God. Triumph of Death, Triptychon. I think Merciful Fate were playing as well. That was recent in the, like Switzerland. Am I really? making this up in my mind? Was it Mystic I, Festival? I have, I have no recollection of this. Could Hang be. On. Hang on a minute. So it can be on the gates, maybe. Maybe, but, maybe, yeah. Uh, is that the Norwegian one? My knowledge of European metal festivals is, is lacking. Mine too, apparently. We want to go to Brutal Assault for the longest time, though. I've always had good things about Brutal Assault. I've heard it's good, yeah. I think it's good. Maybe I, I think I might be hallucinating this whole thing. Um, it might have been beyond the gates, as you say. But yeah, this guy was like crazy. So I bought that shirt and then we went home. Yeah. Um, and just, we were staying in this beautiful medieval town about an hour away from the festival. And it was just really nice to yeah. kind of go from like a metal festival. People were like peeing everywhere and screaming and whatever they're doing. Um, and then going to this like nice medieval town where you could just have like a free course gourmet meal for like 25 euros. Nice. It was really nice. France is so cheap. Yeah. We would go to the supermarket and you could just, you could buy like a weekly shop for 20 euros, which is unheard of here at the moment. It's like 40, 50 quid. It's like a daily shop here. Honestly, I bought like, my breakfast today was a sandwich and a bottle of water. It cost me six pounds. Yeah. Yeah. It is extortionate. It's, um, and it's, it's, I think the really unfortunate thing is like, you know, if you're trying to eat well, yeah, some of that shit, I know it's so much more expensive. So it's really hard. I mean, the thing I like about Hellfest is that you can eat relatively healthy. It's a bit more difficult, but you can, you can go like, there's a really nice supermarket called Leclerc. There's one in Clisson. There was one in Ancenis where we were. Um, and yeah, you can just go and buy like a fresh salad if yeah. you want to. And it's like legit fresh. They had like loads of Japanese food. They oh, had, nice. it was, it was huge. They had like 
the whole thing was like the, there's no real estate space in the UK for supermarkets like that. But you had this huge kind of like fresh deli section at the back that would take like three or four minutes just to walk from one end to the other. Yeah. And it, they had like like a Mexican food section, a Mediterranean food section, a Japanese food section, like a rotisserie, a massive, obviously a shit ton of cheese and a shit ton of um, meat, meat cuts. You could also buy salami that was like two meters long. No. Yeah. I have a nice. picture of me holding one like a sword. I need to post that at some point. <laughs> Pork sword. <laughs> yes, literally, quite literally. Um, yeah, so that was a Saturday. Sunday, let me look at Sunday. I missed the darkness. I missed Knockloose. We missed seeing Duel. Um, Sunday, oh, we saw Mesa on the Saturday. I should mention that. We did kind of see them because we interviewed them too, so we had to see them. I missed Deep Purple on the Saturday. Um, but they headlining the Saturday. Yeah, yeah, them and Ghost were headlining the Saturday. I've seen Ghost a few times. I've seen Deep Purple before as well. So it was like not the biggest um, loss in the world. Sunday, we woke up really early because we got a nice early night on the Saturday. We went to see Ecstatic Vision open the valley, who are fucking great live. They're yeah. really cool. We interviewed them for the podcast too. Um, I think that interview's up online now. So if anyone wants to go watch it, go watch it. They're really fucking cool guys. They're from America, from Philadelphia. Um, and... We saw them first at Duna Jam, or at least I did um, a few years ago, and they were just crazy. They're really funny, really cool guys. Kind of made friends with them. Um, and when they played Hellfest, they were great. There was like a really good crowd, really big crowd, because 11 a.m. on a Sunday is like a really tough time to play as a band. So they always put a party band yeah. on at that time, because they know it's going to like bring the hungover people to get dancing and like yeah, hyped no. for the day, which is exactly what happened. Um, and yeah, like they, they have like saxophone, flute, really fun psych heavy psych rock and roll um they had like they were doing upside down saxophone solos and the guy was like standing on his head and playing a flute at the same time that's amazing it was so cool they were yeah. really fucking cool really insane energy um so yeah i'm really i'm really happy we managed to like catch them after them was ingested um did we see ingested shem saw ingested shem saw ingested i didn't see ingested i don't know what i was doing uh, I have no memory. I think we missed Interama. Um, Carbomb were really good, though. Saw Carbomb play the main stage, which was crazy. Yeah, and uh, apparently the vocalist didn't make it through Customs, He missed right? his airplane. Yeah. Or maybe it was Customs. I don't know. So they basically... I was watching them play. I was like, this is insane. It's really good, but where's the vocals? And they were, they were doing all like the pew, 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 etc. But it still sounded amazing. They didn't need the vocals to be good. Yeah. Um, and they, they put on a really, really good show. They had amazing energy. We, I was just standing there, like, stunned. The yeah. fact they were doing that without a vocalist is crazy. And on the main stage as well. Like, I'd say that's mm. like, that's a lot of sound and they've got to fill, right? So. Yeah. And like when you're up on there on the main stage, you can't really hear anything because you're so far away from your bandmates. So you have to rely on your in-ears um, or your monitor, in which case you're kind of fucked probably, especially at a festival when it's that hot as well. Um, and like, I guess they had no preparation. They probably didn't. Have to, I don't know if they've ever rehearsed doing an instrumental car bomb show. So they're just doing that off the bat. Ah, oh, because they were replacements, weren't they? Like they were, right? Yeah, because they, they, they replaced someone who cancelled or couldn't make it. Probably. So, so yeah. There were a few cancellations. Um, yeah, My Dying Bride had to cancel due to illness. Not sure what happened there. Um, after car bomb, we saw Girls Weird, who were really good. Yeah. Um, Girl is fucking terrifying. Just, he just has that aura about him, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah. Um, I don't think I saw... Shem saw Dying Fetus. Um, I didn't see Dying Fetus. I heard some Americans in VIP 
talking about how bad the sound was and then Shem said the sound was good. So I oh. don't really know what was going on there. I saw Dying Fetus um, just before Hellfest started as well. Is as it? I caught the London show. Yeah, I forgot nice. about that. They're amazing. Like, you imagine you had a good time there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I heard... Um, it's like that at festivals, people have differing views. I mean, the Americans were like very American, so maybe it was like they're really, really good in America or something. Do you know what? I think it just, it kind of depends on where you stand sometimes, right? Because yeah, I, I remember true. speaking yeah. to my friend Chris at a festival once, and mm. he happens to be on the left hand side. I was on the right hand side. Oh, yeah, it's completely different. I can't remember which band it was, but I remember thinking, wow, that sounded amazing. He was like, well, that was dog shit. Or <laughs> all he got was a rhythm section. All I got was, well, I had like pretty much everything, but predominantly okay. guitar. Like you're leading rhythm. I usually find in front of the sound desk is the best place to stand. Yeah. 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 Like the one in the in the crowd. Because they have like the, the guy at the side monitoring. Why is my nose blocked? It's because I caught COVID at Hellfest. But at the same time, sorry, my nose is really blocked. <laughs> so it's hard to breathe right now. Um, yeah. Like the sound desks at the back in the middle of the stages, like where the crowd is, is a really good place to stand. I always try and get a spot kind of like similarish to there because I used to be wanting to go to the barrier a lot for bands, but you don't get that good a sound at the barrier a lot of times. It depends, it depends right? Yeah. yeah, if you're like middle barrier, it tends to be pretty good, Yeah, which I was for Wizard. Um, I started off like at the side to the left, right to the right, and then like migrated my way in and it does tend to improve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really good. I missed, we missed Corn. Ah, Devo. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't remember why. I think we were probably interviewing somebody. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we did see Misery Index. Really, really good. Um, and then, and then it was the clash that kind of, one of the first really painful clashes for me, Coroner and Killing Joke. Because Killing Joke did a intimate set in the valley. Um, which was like for Killing Joke, really small because they're also playing the main stage the weekend after. So I missed Killing Joke to see Coroner because Coroner are fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, two of the members were originally Celtic Frost roadies and um, Tom G. Warrior actually did vocals on their first demo, which yeah. is pretty fucking cool. Um, and Coroner is amazing. I saw them play Bloodstock in like 2011 or something um, and they had the best sound I've ever heard any band have. Really? Yeah, that, that show, it was insane. This one was also really good. Obviously, everyone was watching Gojira because it's France and Gojira playing at the same time and then Killing Joker doing like a once in a lifetime style, like intimate show. So Coroner was like, I think the tent was like three thirds full at times half full. But at the same time, I got a really good view of yeah. the band and it was just like, everyone was really happy to be there. And the, the guy who was like singing was like, I'm really surprised to see people here because Gojira are playing. So it was, it was, he was happy and they were happy. Oh, God, talk about getting the death slot at a festival, right? Mm. It's oh. a good, I think it's a good billing though. Cause I think people who know who Coroner are, are probably going to be at Coroner and not at Gojira. Yeah. If that makes sense. Gojira are amazing. Obviously I'm not, I'm not trying to be elitist here. Um, but Coroner are kind of like, if you really like death metal and you like Coroner, you're probably not going to be at Gojira is my assumption. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing about Gojira is there's such a weird, like, perfect blend of loads of different subgenres. Yeah. But, like, but they have kind of carved out their own little niche now. I think, like, you've got people that would probably go to Hellfest exclusively for Gojira. People or, definitely do. Because yeah. they play every year. And um, they do put on a great live show as well. They do. But, like... Yeah, no, but I think, yeah, they've got to that stage now where I think they've probably got their own kind of like ardent fan base, mm. as, you know. They're fantastic songwriters. I think they've got like a really, I think they, they seem like really hardworking young guys. So I really respect them for that. 
Corona for me, like, um, like you know that that iceberg meme. Oh yeah, they're like the bottom of the ice. No, probably not the bottom, but for me, they're the bottom of the yeah. iceberg. So I was like really excited to see Corona, and I think they're much harder to to see live, especially like if you're from the UK. They're just and they're, they are one of the most technically proficient thrash bands out there, really, aren't they? They're, they're fucking just... sick. And they have like a lot of Eastern, Middle Eastern influences in like the early albums, which were coming out in like 91, 94, like Mars Jackal and yeah. all that shit. So good. It made me so happy when I first listened to them and heard like Middle Eastern music in death metal. That was really cool. Yes. Um, the first day there were like, I missed Zealand Arda. I missed Halloween and I missed Septic Flesh. I'm sorry to say. And Wardrina. First day we stayed home. Thin is it's what it's it's a long slog, right? And we thought the best thing to do because basically the Friday and the Sunday of the second weekend was going to be really like fourteen hour days for us, and then getting home, we're leaving leaving the house at like sort of eight in the morning, and then getting home at three in the morning. So if you're driving, it's like not very safe to be doing that like several days in a row. So we thought we'd yeah. rest on the first day. Um, we went, to, we kind of went on like an adventure to find some chateaus and ruins and stuff. And we ended up finding completely by accident, this like abandoned estate full of like loads of abandoned stately homes and like random buildings that had like no, no like architectural relevance to each other. They were obviously built at a similar time by like maybe Nouveau Riche people or something and then yeah. just abandoned. It was so creepy. I love shit like that. It was so creepy. We like a lot of a lot of the houses had like doors hanging open, but then they still had like you could tell people had tried to live in them, but then they were just completely gutted and abandoned with like broken glass and like there were like there were some power lines in some places. There were like bullet holes in one of the walls. Oh no way. Yeah, for real. We were like walking through and you kind of expect someone to just like appear in a window or come out of a door or something. But then some of the houses are like there was one house in the style of like a Mexican like stable and the one was like like um sort of New Orleans style house and then we kind of the more you walked in like there was this weird oppressive feeling of silence there were like butterflies and sunlight but at the same time you could tell some like really weird shit had gone down in this place and we like walked out into this clearing and there was this huge white house with a giant conservatory that had like all the glass had broken it was kind of like the um, if anyone here watches Picard, it was really similar to the house in Picard of like the broken glass conservatory. It was so spooky. It was like proper Opeth style, spooky abandoned mansion. Um, and we're like, we're walking through, we would go up to the house and like all the doors are bricked up and all the windows are bricked up. Oh shit. It was so creepy. It felt like they were trying to keep stuff in and not people out. Cause you could just walk into like any of the houses you wanted yeah, yeah. to. Um, and then like you turn around and there's like a billboard with like a cartoon frog and a poem in French. The fuck? <laughs> it sounds like a fever dream. It was so weird. Yeah. It was so, so weird. Yeah. And like the, there was this poem about how there was like a frog that wanted to be the, the beef and like how it was like a poem, obviously about like people who try and live above not above their means but like above what's possible and like try and be too big for their own boots and like do grand things that like fall fall on in on themselves which is obviously what happened in this estate but i have no idea what the real story is behind it and then if you went further there was this like gigantic stable it was like the proportions were wrong it was so big it didn't make any sense and then like in the middle there was this weird stage so i think maybe like kids were going and like doing like weird 
secret gigs or something there. Fuck. It was the most terrifying place in the world to have a gig. I shit you not. It was so scary in there. That sounds legit. It was I'd really love cool. to go to so we did, we did some like urban decay exploration because yeah. we're so cool and edgy instead of going to see um, really good bands on the first day. So that was our first day of the second weekend. Um, the days between, we just sort of did puzzles um, and drank lemonade. Nice. Um, hung out with some cats, walked by the river in this medieval town, um, got bitten to death by mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, I got destroyed by mosquitoes on one day. Wow. Yeah, it was a very like mosquito-heavy two weeks. Um, I still have some bites, but yeah, that w- it was really it was really nice. It was kind of like having a holiday in the, your own holiday. It was yeah. really cool to have that contrast. And then the Friday we were back at it. Um, Friday was probably. I don't know what the best day for me was, but it had my highlight of the festival in it. So what happened on the Friday? I missed Blues Pills, which I was really gutted for. Um, but we did see Benighted, who were really, really good. And it was like my first time kind of... I kind of went in blind because they're your, one of your bands. Like, you obviously have your Benighted hat. Yeah. So I went in with, with relatively high expectations and they were met. Um, yeah. They're really, really good. Julian is like really cool. He works in um, like a, a mental health ward. And all his songs are like about mental illness and like patients he encounters and stuff, which I did not realize until after I talked to him and after I read the really crazy lyrics, which um, really helped like set my mind straight about like how cool this band is. Um, He's really cool in real life. And also on stage, he was like doing all his stage banter in French, which I really like because he wasn't like bowing. He's in his own country. He should be able to speak his own language. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like that he wasn't bowing to the pressure of like having to speak English. And I like that the songs are in French, some of them as well too, which is cool. And like the crowd was really excited because obviously it's like a French band playing a French festival. So it was really, really cool to see that. Um, Because I've seen it before a few times, like with like Alcest and Gojira and stuff. But yeah, Benighted, I I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And it was really good. And they were really cool. Um, And then after Benighted, I saw Killing Joke play the main stage, which was really fun. They played some really good sets. Jazz Coleman's fucking crazy. Yeah. Was he, was he talking about any asteroid, impending asteroids or anything? <laughs> he was like, we're going to see a war like we've never seen before. And then like launching into like, um, they played, I think they played War Dance. They played, they started with Love Like Blood. Oh, crazy. Wow. Everyone lost their minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were really, really good. Uh, really funny band. And Jazz was just like, his. he was just like proclaiming the end of the world between every song, which is fantastic. I <gasps> love it. I know. What a guy. What a guy. You know, he like, um, he's like, Studied at conservatoires, but he's also commissioned multiple operas down the road from us at the opera house. Really? Yeah, he's commissioned like three operas. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, he's so he's crazy. And then he went to like New Zealand to become a priest for a while. God, he, he's just lived the most. I know. Just interesting life. He's so interesting. I'd love to have a conversation with that yeah. man. So cool. Um, and yeah, I missed Earth. I saw a bit of Alice Cooper because I decided Nine Inch Nails were headlining the Friday. Um, I played a two-hour set, and I decided that I was going to be in the front row. Um, so I went and I stood there an hour before they came on, and I still only made it to, like, the third row, yeah. which was crazy. But um, And I was standing in the rain. At this point, it was raining. So after 40 Degree Friday, it was raining Friday. Yeah. Um, so I was standing there in, like, my little raincoat, like, all just, like, <laughs> squeezed up around my face, just huddled there. Like, and the first time I'd been in a crowd since covid like properly in like a really big, deep, like pressed up together crowd. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up seeing the end of Alice Cooper's set, which was really good. I saw Alice Cooper play like 10 years ago um, and he he's just as amazing. I can't believe that that man is like 
doing what he's doing. And he's got his wife on stage with him. I didn't know it was his wife that does all like the, like she beheads him and he like kisses her when she's like dead and a ghost and shit. And yeah. So he's still got the whole stage shebang and all that. Does he still have, um, is it Nita Strauss that does guitars? Yeah, she's amazing. She's like prob- virtuosic at guitars right now. She's really, really good. Yeah, she's fucking cool. I was like, really, she was the person I was like kind of looking at the most when they were playing. It was really fun. There was a point where he like kisses his wife um, and then like her makeup went all over his face. So he had <laughs> loads of like glittery eye makeup all over his mouth. So he was like performing, but he had this like smidge of like... <laughs> like Heath Ledger's Joker or something. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really funny because it, it looked really like, it was so sparkly. Yeah. It didn't look right. But I, I like, I respected that he like really went for it and kept going. But yeah. then when he did like another outfit change, because he changed outfits like 10 times. Um, like I think they like cleaned it off him. Ah, so okay. he came out looking a bit more like Alice Cooper. Um, but I, I respect the like rock in the glitter. I think more people should do that. So then, yeah, after Alice Cooper, Nine Inch Nails came on and um, Nine Inch Nails were the band. When I was 16, I went to see them play the O2 Arena in London. And at that show, I was in the front row and I decided I was going to be a musician. So that was like the band for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then literally like the day after I emailed a bunch of um, like I reviewed the show. It was my first ever show I reviewed. And I emailed a bunch of like news outlets and I was like, can I review? And they were like, yes. And then I became a journalist at the age of 16. So big deal for Nina to see Nine Inch Nails again because um, I was at their last show at Sonosphere, supposedly last show, and it was really bad. I tried to get into their Scarlet show when they reformed, um, but I couldn't get in. So this was like the first time I was seeing them really since yeah. I was a teenager. And they were just as fucking good as I remember, if not better. So it was really good. I kind of almost cried because they, f- they finished with Hurt and like obviously it's Hurt. So yeah. it was really good. The two hours went by like 10 seconds. Their set list was insane. They started with, hang on, I did bring it up for people who also like Nine Inch Nails because it was so good. Oh no. Oh no, I, I navigated a way to find the dumb festival lineups that I couldn't find. They played, they played, um, I think they started with Mr. Self-Destruct. I re- do you know what? They're one of those bands that I've never really got into, so I really need Seriously? to try and delve deep into them. Let me see if I can bring up the old... Uh... Oh, I found it. Ah. So they played, they started with Mr. Self-Destruct, then Wish, then Last, March of the Pigs, Piggy, which is like, they very rarely play live. The Lovers, Reptile, Less Than, Letting You, Sanctified, The Frail, The Wretched, Heresy, Closer, um, Burn, Isn't Everyone, with Health um, coming on to like guest, Gave Up, The Hand That Feeds, Head Like a Hole and Hurt. Every single song, like from the minute they started playing, I just started like dancing, screaming, fist pumping, screaming, yes, mate, because that's yep. what I do when I'm excited. <laughs> yes, mate. Yes, mate. Um, <laughs> It was it was fantastic. Like, I was re- I hate being in crowds, and I hate being in the crowd up until the moment they started playing. At which point, everyone became friends, and it was really wonderful. And we were all just like having a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, like I didn't realize how many of the lyrics I know off by heart. So I was like screaming the lyrics <laughs> the whole fucking time. Um, and I apologize to anyone who was around me and had to deal with me doing that because I was like trying to film them on my phone to like remember it. But when I listened back to the to the videos you could just hear me screaming <laughs> those are my favorite live clips ever when you get people filming it and you just hear everyone else's fucking voices and yeah. it's just, uh. it was so good um the week before they played the eden project shows which i would have been at if i wasn't at hellfest because yeah. that this looked amazing 
Um, and they have this amazing stage show where they kind of, it's really pared down. They've got these like really cool, really bright lights um, that they put behind the band in these like kind of structures. And then when they're playing, the lights would shift angle. So on the back of the stage, all their shadows were like constantly moving. So it was kind of strobing their shadows as they're playing their instruments and they're like moving around in a really disjointed kind of trippy way. And then at the same time, they had this huge strip of LED lights that were like the brightest lights I've ever seen in my fucking life. And they were constantly strobing and changing color. So I'm, I now know for sure I'm not epileptic. Yeah. Like 100%. Because there were moments in that show where I, I could not see because there was so much lights going off. Yeah. And it was just really, really bright, like really boring into your head to the point where you can't see anything apart from the light just like popping off. Fuck. It was really, really intense. Um, and I, I was like... It was, it was great. It was definitely like the best set. I, I love all the other bands I saw and we saw some insanely good bands, but this was the one for me. Like yeah. next time my channels are playing, I do not care where I'm going to go see them because yeah. they were so good. I've heard from so many people that it is, they are the best live band. They're really good live. Yeah. They're really good. When I saw them play at the O2 Arena, it was, have you seen the Woodstock performance? No, I don't think I have. There's a video on YouTube, if you ever bought, I think it's 1994 or 1996, where they play Woodstock and they they covered themselves in mud before the show and they went out and like the, they start playing Happiness and Slavery, I think. And there's like a video of the crowd and everyone's like crawling over each other and covered in mud and like writhing like a scene from hell. It looks like a Renaissance painting. It's insane. Like yeah. I love the, the energy of that crowd in that show is like the kind of energy I'd love to see at like almost every gig I go to. Um, so when they play live, it kind of can be that way. It wasn't as much like that at Hellfest. People were like pretty chill because it was raining. Everyone was like really tired. But when I saw them play the O2 Arena, it was it was like crazy. There was so many people just like like arms elbowing into each other. People crowd surfing constantly, like getting kicked in the head multiple times. There was a lot of crowd surfing at Hellfest, um, and there were a lot of people like shoving past. But I just kind of pushed them away yeah. um, further into the the other side of the crowd so it was good they were really good i'm very happy i saw them play yeah sounds fucking otherworldly it was great i like the 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 way when you when you see a show you really love the when time goes like 10 minutes then you know it's been a really good show and i honestly when they when they finished playing i thought they had like another 20 minutes to go but it was like one in the morning they yeah. played their two hour set as they played enslaved played so shem was at enslaved um, yeah. So I met him afterwards because I would have I would have loved to see Enslaved, but like I think I caught like the last ten minutes and it was really 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 good. But at the same time, like Nine Inch Nails is my band. So. That's a festival like Hellfest. You were always going to have to make those painful decisions, right? Yeah. It's just with that much quality of talent there, it's yeah, and such a wide array of talent you there was bound to be these painful painful clashes totally and i feel like enslaved i can probably see them pretty easily again i feel they'll play a uk show at some point i reckon for sure whereas night now is much harder to yeah. to get a good spot to see those guys so that was the friday the saturday um we saw jibalba at the war zone um which is they've really upgraded the arena and the war zone it's really really nice in there now and they've got like this kind of um like kind of slope where you can sit down so there's like loads of all the like the older punk hardcore guys are kind of like chilling on this uh, on these slopes and like watching seated and there's like a bar right behind them and then you've got like this kind of bowl style arena where people can just go, go crazy the crowd was like pretty chill for Shibalba, but they sounded really good they were really really heavy really cool guys on yeah. stage as well um and then i missed arcturus i missed igor i missed blind guardian 
um, I, oh damn, I guess we didn't do much on the Saturday. I think we interviewed some people. I think we interviewed, nope. Yeah, we interviewed um, Benighted. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. And I think we interviewed someone else as well. I can't remember who. The next day, we tried to see Atomic Bitchbox at the Valley. I think we caught like the last five minutes, unfortunately. They're a really, really good live band. Um, we missed Year of the Knife, but then we did see Demolik. Who oh, really I good. saw Year of the Knife and um, Outbreak. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah, so yeah. You, you got near Year of the Knife. Yeah. 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 Year of the Knife were amazing, to be Sick. fair. It's... It was just another proper raucous, just wild set. And it was, I once again, I wasn't familiar. So I was doing like a bit of homework and listening up on bands before yeah. going up there. And like, Year and Life were one of the bands I was actually quite hyped to watch because I was thinking, wow, because I really like it when there's like kind of like an insidious energy in the riffs. And I kind of mm. got the vibe from listening to them. I was like, ah, oh, there's something sinister about this that I really dig. And it was a great live set. Sick, sick. Well, I'm glad that we have confirmation that Year of the Knife are indeed very good live. It was a band that Shem wanted to see. However, at Hellfest, there was an issue with, like, tea. You can't really find tea in France. Oh, really? It's really hard to get tea. Um, so there was, like, you were looking for tea. Coffee. Was it coffee that you couldn't find? Okay, so it was co my bad coffee. To me, really? like the that same thing. That surprises me that there was... But we found right like at the end of the festival, we found out there was like one tiny like little stall that no one would go to because apparently no one wants coffee um, where you could go and get a coffee. So we, we queued for a bit, got the coffee and then for breakfast as well. We were kind of sick of the VIP food because it was like a little bit school dinnery. Yeah. Um, and then there was like these amazing food stalls in the arena, but the queues were insane. Yeah. So we kind of had to queue for ages for like some kind of we, the food we wanted. The queue was like probably like over an hour long yeah. so we couldn't do it so yeah we it's, missed year of the knife for that i think that's uh, i've never even been to Hellfest. i've only been to smaller festivals so i could only imagine but like i feel like time management at a festival is one of the trickiest things to really get right for real you have to be really tactical like sometimes you kind of have to there's if there's a band you kind of want to see you it's more important to rest to like kind of especially if you're not like I, I literally i was like 18 when i went to my first Hellfest. So i wouldn't sleep for like two or three days and then I'd, I'd sleep on the way home. Whereas now I can't do that. So I have to like have, I have to have tactical rests and like go and sit down and read my book, <laughs> yeah. which is really boring. I'm sorry, listeners, but yeah, like I, I have to be a bit careful about my energy management. Otherwise I'll just crash out and I'll be kind of shit at watching the bands I do want to see. Yeah. Yeah. So we did see Demolik and they were really fucking good. And Anti Bowman or Auntie Bowman, how do you say it? I would have thought it'd be Anti. Anti. Yeah. Anti Bowman is really sweet. He has like the best stage banter. He's so lovely. Um, and yeah, he, he, he just, they play these insane songs and he'd have these ridiculous vocals and he'd be like, so? And he just makes some dad jokes and like. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> just, amazing. He was so nice. And like, we'd, um, like, I always film a bit of a band set because it's actually really good to film a band when they play a show because it gives them something they can share on their social media if they want to and it helps them promote themselves. And I, I just feel like it's it's nice. It, it's kind of exciting when you've played a show and someone like gives you, you can see what you were doing when someone sends you a video. So I always do that. And they, um, like, Auntie replied and he was like, oh, I, I kind of said, come on Serpent Temple. Like, come on the podcast. And he's up for it. So when they play London, That'd be they're going to, hopefully going to get a bit of a Serpent Temple with Auntie. I definitely need to get some vocal tricks from that guy. His vocals sounded good live from like the clips he posted as well. Like Yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really tight, really good. They're fucking insane. So underrated. Honestly, like, I am shocked that they were playing at 12.50. Yeah. Um, at the festival they i think um yeah like after them was blood incantation 
for me, which I love Blood Incantation. They're amazing. They're a really big hyped band. But Demolik for me are like, they're like a corridor band. They're like, why? Demolik should be huge. They're so good. They're like, um, they're like one of the roots of, of the genre of music. Like, yeah. Damn. It's, you know what? And it's, I'm, I'm sure they've got their reasons, but it's, pr- I mean, they've literally released one album. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> been touring that but it's album such a good album. It's, it's such a, a good album. album. I get you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anthony Bowman did have a, a guest spot on when Blood Incantation played, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does do guest vocals on one of the tracks, is he, on the hidden... hidden Histories of the Human Race? That's the one, thank yeah. you. Yeah, really, really good. Blood Incantation is sick. The guys are really, really cool. Um, I messaged them as well. They were kind of up for it for coming on the podcast, but they were busy because like, they're in and out because yeah. the word tour is, so it's totally understandable. Yeah, because I think a lot of the American bands were on like like European packages, right? So they'll just like yeah, in, play a set and then get the hell out, and then yeah, like they'll have literally have to be on the road for like twelve hours and then play another show and then go on the road for twelve hours. So I do not blame those guys at all. Like respect for them even being able to play a show in yeah. those conditions. And also, it's like really hot again at this point. We missed Ufamamut, who are really really good live. I've seen them before, but then we saw Memoriam, which obviously has Carl Willits of um, Bolt Thrower. And they were really good. They were fucking amazing. They've been great every single time I've seen them. Yeah, really good. Um, there was a point where Carl like lay. He took off his top, and he was just singing in his top. And he lay down on the stage, like, draw me, <laughs> draw me like one of your French girls style. Amazing. So funny. And he's just like lying down on the stage singing with his top off, being fucking Carl Willets, absolute legends. Um, yeah, Memoriam is like. What more, what more can I say? They, they sound really good live. Drums sound fucking amazing. Bass sounds really good. Vocals are... I mean, it's it's Carl. Like, whenever he sings... he The man is a tank. He's, like, one of the tanks he would sing about when it yeah. comes to performing. So cool. Um, and then we kind of had a bit of an adventure going to find Tom G. Warrior to interview him. Um, so... I'm not going to say, I'm not saying all the bands I saw at the festival because A, it would be too many and B, I don't want to give some of these bands airtime so we saw a band but i'm not going to say who they were then we missed merciful fate um and then we saw carcass who were really good yeah they were really really good i would have loved to see merciful fate because they were setting up for like an hour yeah they had like a huge um like cloth in front of the on in front of the stage which had their logo on it and it looked really really sick so it kind of created the sense of like mystery i've seen pictures i'm, I'm trying not to spoil things for myself because I was watching the headlines oh, yeah. stock, but like it's i am so looking forward to merciful fate it's gonna be really good just, i cannot wait like the vocal vocals are just so good oh he's, he's so good so fucking good and i love his stage because he's got the moment he's yeah. kind of like got this weird like frosty crown yeah, 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 yeah. So fucking, he looks like, like an ad- adventure time villain <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> but it's just i love the king and I, I think it's just it's just one of those bucket list things totally. like, you know, when who would have thought that you would ever would have had a chance to watch merciful fate i know so. i know i'm glad i missed them but we were missing them because we were interviewing tom so like trade-off is a reasonable compromise i think think so i think so um yeah then we saw carcass who i'm one of my favorite bands really amazing and then we closed out the festival with trypticon who played a celtic frost heavy set and it was amazing do they finish with that that fallen snow no the black snow song you know the uh the 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 10 minute track or the 20 minute track no no they did not at this point i was in a delirium of uh of hype because yeah. of the insane weekend I had had. Um, and also it was the end of the festival. So the moment Trypticon finished, I mean, while Trypticon were finishing, well, even playing, they were unloading Merciful Fate's gear because we we happened to be on stage. Don't ask us how. Um, but yeah, we 
we like were watching the because the temple and the altar are next to each other so when you're on in the middle of the stages you can kind of see what's going on so there were just loads of flight cases of stuff the whole hour being like really rapidly unloaded from the other side of the stage from like merciful fate so i have i didn't see what merciful fate stage setup was but it must have been insane because usually it takes like 10 15 minutes to like un like get all the gear out but it was taking an hour to take everything away and then like during I think, um, well, Carcass, they ended up playing too long and they were going to play another song. And then a guy had to like run into the, like when the sound guys had to run on stage and be like, you can't play anymore. And they were like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Jeff just handled that with his normal kind of like dry wit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. literally he did. Um, and yeah, like a similar thing almost happened at Triptychon. Um, I remember like the sound guy just sort of walked off at one point and we were like, okay. And then there was a dude who was like lying on his back on a flight case, um, just like as kind of asleep while the trip to Comba playing. Wow. <laughs> just like pretty, he must have been really tired, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing at that point in the festival, I think everyone's just probably just wiped. Yeah, I mean the moment the moment Tripticon ended, it was like I've seen this happen before at Hellfest. Like they pack down really quickly because I think they end up they probably spend the whole night packing down. So the quicker they do it, the sooner they can go home. So like they just immediately just start tearing everything apart. So as you're walking off stage, it's like a cartoon. It's like everything's slowly being like broken down into Damn, like little pixels. Just, just really wasting no time. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, it was it was very cool. There was there was one guy as well at the valley that day when I walked past. He'd set up a hammock between two of the poles, and he was just watching bands lying in a hammock. That's sick. That's a, that's, that's a vibe right there. It was such a vibe. Yeah. It, I, like that guy had a good idea. I think yeah. next year there's going to be like a whole pod of hammocks, in, like <laughs> yeah. all the stages. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> yeah. So that was Hellfest basically. Um, really well organized festival. They, every single year I go, they add more stuff. Um, they have like a little sort of, aside from the metal market, they have like a little Hellfest town. There's like a Wild West town with all these crazy shop fronts. They had like a Harley Davidson thing where you could go test Harley Davidsons. The guy was kind of rude, but it was kind of fun to go on a Harley Davidson anyway. Um, they have tattoos. You could go get Hellfest tattoos or just get like crazy bad choice tattoos if you want to. Some of them are really good though, but don't get a tattoo at a festival because you're going to nah. get an infection nah. and, and piercings as well if you want nah. to um they had like they had this kind of shop that was like a crack and rum shop but an, on top they had like punk bands playing and then they also had another stage in there too for like other bands in the middle of the little area they had like double decker buses with food on them um you could literally just go shopping if you want to go to hellfest to just do shopping you get some good deals so would you say it's definitely back with a bang after the two-year hiatus? 100%, yeah. They had porcelain toilets in VIP, and that's mm. how I knew. That's that's the moment I knew that it was going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just sounds like just overall just a, an amazing experience. It was fantastic, yeah. If anyone has the chance to go to Hellfest, I 100% recommend it. I have not met anyone who's gone to Hellfest and has had a bad time. And like, it's genuinely one of the best festivals i've been to like far and away better than any anyone in the uk there are some really good uk festivals but hellfest is like even uk festival organizers will say that hellfest is like the best festival that they've seen in terms of yeah. organization and things like that and curation yeah i mean the lineup was just absolutely astounding just excited to see what happens next year now hell yeah me too we've yeah. got to book our flights yeah i know get that shit sorted hell yeah 
Hell yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, final remarks, any... Oh, God. Um, no, I don't think so. I was trying to think if I've got, if I've got anything else kind of on the horizon. Obviously, we've still got a slew of Hellfest content on the way out, right? Absolutely. Tons more interviews to come. And the uh, the hugely successful uh, Hellfest walkthrough video, if you want a, <laughs> if you want a visual representation of... Uh, what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see me walking through Hellfest in 40-degree heat, which I'm sure you do, you can go on YouTube and watch that. <laughs> And obviously the Tom G. Warriors interviews up at the moment as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad interview if I don't say so myself. No, it's great, especially considering like the time constraints, right? Because it's just like we had you've ten only minutes. Got the smallest window. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like very. We didn't even know we were going to get the first, the interview until like half an hour before the interview happened. So I think it was good. The side card format is like very fun way to talk to musicians yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, everyone just seems to be kind of. Uh, it's like what I was saying before. Like you know, I think it's. It's just a format that I think just allows people to kind of uh, speak about things that they might not have the opportunity to really delve into totally. in the standard interview format. And I think at festivals, really, I mean, like you're kind of expecting the same kind of rigmarole and the same questions, mm. you know, during the press junkets, I imagine. So You can do. There was one, I can't remember which band, but we were doing an interview with a band and they did not want to stop the interview with us. <laughs> <laughs> there was like another guy waiting. They were like, no, we want to, we want to keep doing this. So that was a good sign. We'll do, we'll do plenty more, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, fun times. And I will definitely be there next year. Hell yes, you will. Hell fest, yeah. Hell fest, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah fest. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for watching and listening. Feel free to like and subscribe and comment. Let us know what we what you want us to do next. What albums should we review? We review. Um, how should I learn how to speak properly again? Because I've clearly lost the ability to enunciate. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Peace.